Tom Borelli is a PhD molecular biologist turned political activist and a Newsmax contributor. Deneen Borelli is the author of Blacklash and a Fox News contributor. They're the Borellis, exposing government corruption and championing freedom, giving you the truth in black and white. This is Reigniting Liberty. Hey, folks, thanks for checking out Reigniting Liberty. I'm Deneen Borelli, and Dr. Tom Borelli is in the house bringing you the truth in black and white. So the elections, the midterms, something happened this week, right? Well, we promised to bring you the truth in black and white, and that's what, we're, that's what you're going to hear from us today. And at the time of this recording, it is Thursday afternoon, Thursday after the midterm elections, and the results of the, uh, the midterms was a massive disappointment. Massive disappointment. We had much higher expectations, but given the state of the economy and the crime, I mean, we were just thinking that that would be the key for folks to vote in terms of who would be best to fight and, and support our country on those issues, to fight those issues. So we're going to review what happened, why it happened, focus on what we can do going forward as well. So we expect the Republicans to take control of the House and possibly the Senate. We're still waiting for some of those results to come in. But given the history of midterm election results and Biden's unpopularity, and that's an understatement, Dr. Tom, yeah, it is right? shocking to us what happened. It is shocking, Dr. Tom. In addition, the polls all pointed towards a big night. The polls, Dr. Tom. Well, right track, wrong track, you know, more than 60% said the country is on the wrong track. And I've, also, I've actually seen numbers that were higher than that. I think 75% uh, generic congressional ballot with your congressional races going on. Are, are we going to vote for Republican or Democrat? Republicans had the advantage, Dr. Tom. Yes, they did. Uh, and I'm going to get your, your comments here. I know you're chomping at the bit. I can tell. I, I am. Tell. Well, there's also the black voters. Uh, they were moving towards Republican candidates, so the Hispanic voters supporting Republicans, and the polls showing close races in blue areas of the country taking on our incumbents. So yeah, with all of that, Republicans got the bare minimum, Dr. Tom. What is your reaction? Well, Danina, frankly, I'm shocked because I had extremely high expectations for not only a red wave, but a red tsunami, and it did not develop. And my assessment, my prediction wasn't based on just a random feeling. It was based on history of midterm elections, as well as all the polling data you just referred to. So all the data and history pointed to a huge red wave and it did not develop. And we're gonna go into why it did not. But I'm old enough to remember literally <laughs> in uh, 1994, when the Republicans took the House of Representatives in the first time, I think in decades, in decades. Now that was a red wave. I remember 
being in this huge ballroom in Washington, D.C., and had this huge screen in every race they would put up, there would be a Republican winner, a Republican winner. You could just feel it. So I had that experience. And again, back then, that was only Clinton, right? That was only Clinton's policies that had such a tremendous impact. Then, you know, uh, in 2010, we were both part of the Tea Party movement in rejection of Obama's policies. And there was a red wave that year as well. The American people, especially Republicans, didn't know what was going on, and they swept Democrats out of office back then. Now, given that as history, look what our country's facing. Biden himself is a complete disaster. I think his poll numbers are, are, would be far lower than at least Obama's, maybe Clinton's back in the day. But his policies, his policies are punishing the American people, as a lot of those polls made reference to, whether it be inflation, whether it be crime, whether it be energy prices, they're punishing everyday Americans following a pandemic. Americans now know that government policy has a huge impact on their life and on their livelihood. And given all that, you would expect, just throw the bums out. That was another line that we used to use back in the day. Throw them out, just vote for change. But it didn't happen this time. And there are a number of reasons for that. Uh, Many polls had abortion being very low on the agenda list of people who are gonna be voting. But as CBS News exit poll showed abortion was very high on exit polls for Democrats. So that was a huge motivating factor for Democrats that we did not know going into the election based on, based on other polls. And then we have you know, the political divide. We have to listen to Democrats when they say things, they say things for a reason. We cannot just dismiss it. Deneen and I, we fall into this sometimes as well. So when Biden starts talking about ultra MAGA or extremist MAGA, we we just dismiss him as being Joe Biden. But what he's really doing, he's motivating the Democrat base. Just like when they say, when Biden says, this election is about saving democracy, saving democracy from those extremists, we laugh. But that's a dog whistle to the Democrats because they hear a frequency that we do not hear. That was a big part. And then also we have to take into effect that uh, the Republican Party really was not united going into this midterm election. Uh, Former President Trump had a series of candidates that were on the ballot. Many of them were opposed by majority leader, uh, minority leader, excuse me, Mitch McConnell, right? Uh, He uh, held back money from some of those candidates. So so that's another fact. The Republicans were not united going into the election. That that hurt. So there are a number of things that, that went on, and we have to take these things all into consideration. And the other issue that we had actually experienced at our poll watching in Connecticut, where the, a number of people passed by and they said, well, I'm going to vote essentially, but I'm not sure if it's going to count. They had significant doubt in the integrity of the election. 
So I'm yeah. just wondering whether Republican turnout was held a little bit back because they felt their vote was not actually be counted or heard. So, you know, election denial issue uh, could play another role with Republicans. So when you add all those things up, there were a lot of variables that we did were not aware of. In fact, essentially we're misled when we're going into the election, basing all that polling data and ignoring what the Democrat message was to the Democrats, because it has an impact on them. Sure. And you mentioned some of those uh, key words that Biden was using, MAGA, ultra MAGA, or whatever. Those were focus grouped. <laughs> so right. well, we mentioned and, that in an earlier podcast. We, yes. We actually sent up a little warning signal. Yep. Um, and we had met with a number of Republicans. We said that this is a focus group that said, ah, you know, that's just Biden being Biden. We're MAGA Republicans. Yeah, we are. And we're proud of it. America first. But Democrats hear something different. And let's yeah. not forget the January 6th uh, card as well. Democrats run on fear. So it was the fear of abortion, the fear of democracy being taken down. It's all emotional, but it works. It works for their team. Yep. So those are, I think, our initial reactions to what happened. And uh, Deneen, what are your thoughts with respect to uh, how some of the candidates campaigned or maybe didn't campaign <laughs> or lack thereof right look some of these candidates took a page right out of biden's playbook because as everyone can recall the man did not campaign in person like one normally does when they're running for office biden was in his basement running for the presidential campaign and the media allowed him to get away with it. And the Democrats didn't care that he was out. He was not out front and center because they knew his policies were horrible, his, what his ideas were for the country. And we are suffering those consequences now with the inflation, high gas prices, open borders, and the rampant crime we are seeing in Democrat-run cities. Horrible policies, uh, a lack of the uh, border security. I think I said open borders. So, yeah. And then the other thing. So with that, they took a page out of Biden's book, Campaign from Your Basement. So you, you have Hobbs, for example, in Arizona for the governor's race. She refused to debate Carrie Lake. Refused. And anytime there was a, a question that maybe she was uh, caught by a reporter or somebody, she basically ran away. So we saw that aspect. And then there's Fetterman in Pennsylvania. Now, look, I, I'm, I'm sorry about his health issues and his health challenges, but anyone that watched that debate had to be scratching their head thinking, how is this man going to be able to be in the Senate, be active, be able-bodied to... Uh, work for the, the his constituents. Uh, it's a big job, big shoes to fill. But the other question is that their early voting was so early <laughs> that if you voted already for Fetterman and you saw that debate and you had second thoughts, there was nothing you could do about it. So uh, from that aspect, Dr. Tom, folks campaigning essentially from their basement or uh, with Fetterman, uh, he only had that one debate and uh, all the other uh, press 
uh, briefings that he may have had or the rallies, it was very obvious uh, that physically, in our opinion, and I'm sure in a lot of other people's opinions, he is going to have some serious, uh, there's, there's some serious questions in regards to how he's going to be able to do that job. Now, the other thing, Dr. Tom, uh, how much of a factor was the Democrats running the Joe Biden campaign of hide the character? Well, I kind of hinted on that uh, with Biden hiding in his basement. But I mean, come on, this isn't like elections like years ago. You had to be front and center. You had to be uh, public for folks to see you, to shake your hand, to ask questions. Uh, and then there's the media. I blame the media on this up and down because they allowed these candidates from Biden on down to do whatever they wanted to do, essentially. And, and uh, folks were not really, uh, they weren't being transparent. So citizens, voters really could not see what they needed to see and hear in regards to some of these candidates that I just mentioned. Yeah, you're absolutely right, Deneen. And uh, let me just kind of describe what I think happened in Pennsylvania with Fetterman beating Dr. Oz, which is, talk about shocking. I mean, this is completely shocking. You mentioned one of the reasons was the fact that uh, hundreds of thousands of people had voted already in Pennsylvania before the first debate. Yep. So again, as you said, once that, once that ballot's in the mail, forget it, bye-bye, you can't pull it back. A uh, huge problem with early vote, voting. I don't know why it's so early. It's not all that hard, but <laughs> you, really, it's not all that hard. Well, I remember as a child, right. election day, right. and either that night or the next day, we knew we had answers. That's not the case anymore. Right. <laughs> it's election so, year. <laughs> you know, that, that was one factor with Fetterman versus Oz. The other thing was, uh, Dr. Oz had a very bruising primary, and he came into the general election in the Senate race there in Pennsylvania with very low approval numbers and probably high negatives as well. So he had a lot of ground to make up. And another factor is the fact that the uh, gentleman who was running for governor, Doug Mastriano, he was poorly funded and didn't run a great campaign. So he was at the top of the ticket as governor. And if you're not gonna have coattails, it's really gonna hurt everybody else below you. And that was another factor that hurt Dr. Oz is that Mastriano lost that race by a significant margin, I think over 10 points. So that is a huge problem. There was no draw. There were no coattails from the top. So that really hurt. In fact, Mastriani got, Mastriani only got, uh, Mastriano only got 42% of the vote. I mean, that, that, that's, you're not going to help anybody. Uh, but at the end of the day, come on, people in Pennsylvania, what is wrong with you? Not only the health issues, just put those aside. Yes. But Fetterman's policies, his policies, he has been on record as saying he wants to release criminals uh, from jail, yep. uh, including felons. He wants to legalize all drugs. At one point, he wanted to ban fracking. 
Pennsylvania. And then he said, and then he, said he didn't. Right. Yeah. But then, right. Then he mumbled through and stumbled through. No, I don't want to ban Ugh. fracking. I'm for fracking. Where are the people just connecting just two dots? And oh, by the way, what kind of real senator will he be representing the constituents, many of which in Pennsylvania are blue collar workers when he's a trust fund baby who didn't have a job for years? Sure. So how could he relate to the struggles of the everyday hardworking person in Pennsylvania? He can't. Is he still living with his parents? Or I don't know. He's got some wife, girlfriend who they, they rumor that she wants to have the seat if he trips or gets hurt or something. So, yeah. you know, this whole thing, I'm laughing. It's really a joke. But again, it's a joke on the American people and yeah. it's. And, and the people in Pennsylvania, I mean, you really own this, just like many people own Biden. This doesn't happen by accident. You elect a radical, you elect a fraud like Biden. We all pay. And I don't know why it was so hard to figure out that Fetterman was a disaster of a candidate with, with his extreme views. That's all you needed to know. And again, we're not talking about California. We're talking about Pennsylvania, right? the state that actually had the electoral college votes for President Trump at the time in a 2016 election. So we're not talking deep blue. It's just un unbelievable. But, you know, at the end of the day, top of the ticket and governors made a big difference in the election. I mean, you want to talk about what happened in Florida? Well, sure. Candidates do matter, right? Certain things matter. Well, uh, let's see. Florida, they had an outstanding success. Governor Ron DeSantis, he buried Charlie Crist. 59.6% versus 40%. Uh, so the Floridians love Ron DeSantis, Governor DeSantis. Uh, his margin of victory was significant, and it did help carry candidates throughout the state of Florida, something you just referenced, Dr. Tom. So there's also Senator Rubio. He won. He won by a wide margin. Uh, for example, he won by 57%. Uh, versus Representative Val Demings at 41%. More impressive, DeSantis won Miami-Dade County, Dr. Tom. I mean, oh my right. goodness, Florida is just popping on all cylinders. And, and Governor DeSantis is a really good leader. He's done a really great job with the state from the, the pandemic uh, to, to jobs to, to the hurricane. I mean, the hurricane, right? The disasters that happened there, which are horrible. Uh, so yeah, on on a number of levels. So getting back to Miami-Dade County, fifty-five percent of the vote—that's a sixteen-point improvement for Governor DeSantis's performance in the county in twenty eighteen. And then it was sixty-five percent of the vote in majority Hispanic precincts. So the bottom line is candidates matter, results matter. Well, at least in some states. Yeah. Sure. yeah. <laughs> well, strong governor races helped in other states as well. So Mike DeWine, he won big in Ohio. He beat his opponent in the governor's race by a huge margin, 62% versus 37%. And that margin of victory helped other Republican candidates as well, including uh, newly elected Senator J.D. Vance, 
53% versus Tim Ryan at 46%, Dr. Tom. So we also have a similar story in Georgia. Here we go right. with Georgia again. Georgia. I can't say. Yeah. Uh, Republican Governor Brian Kemp, he beat Stacey Abrams 53% versus 46%. And she did concede this time, <laughs> Dr. Tom. Imagine she conceded. That. Right. Uh, so this was a strong showing in Georgia. And this is what is helping Herschel Walker and his Senate race against uh, Warnock. And it's they're currently tied as we speak at 49 percent. And we're looking at another Georgia runoff. Oh, boy. Well, this pattern didn't work in New Hampshire, Dr. Tom. We have Re Republican Governor Chris Sununu. He won big. 57% versus Tom Sherman, 41%. But speaking of governor races, Dr. Tom, New York State, Republican candidate Lee Zeldin unfortunately lost to Kathy Holcomb, but he ran a really strong race. And we've met uh, Mr. Zeldin. We uh, follow him on social media. Uh, very nice man. Strong race, but unfortunately he did lose. Uh, but there, there was news of uh, Democrats supporting Zeldin uh, in the governor's race, and uh, folks from you know business owners to you name it were out in public saying that they supported Zeldin. So Zeldin's strong showing helped Republican candidates in congressional races. So what did we have there in New York, Dr. Tom? Looks like a total of 11 Republicans will be in the House of Representatives, including three pickups, which is good for New York. That's good because it's trending in the right direction. Right. In New York, there are twice as many registered Democrats than Republicans, Dr. Tom. So let's get into the money aspect with Democrats, Dr. Tom, the candidates. Yeah, just to finalize the point you're talking about, uh, Lee Zeldin, I mean, uh, having a strong person running, even if you lose, can have coattails. And you just described that. And those three pickup seats in New York are going to be really important for the Republicans to take control of the House of Representatives. But as you mentioned, Deneen, money is really important in politics. And the Republicans had far fewer dollars, far fewer yes. than the Democrats in both the governor's races and the Senate races. I mean, Hochul, she had $11 million to campaign on for Zeldin's 4.5, right? How's that? Yeah. Then in Michigan, our friend Tudor Dixon, you know, she lost to uh, Gretchen Whitmer, the, the incumbent Democrat governor of Michigan. Well, there was a tremendous money disadvantage for Tudor Dixon. Uh, Whitmer had something like $31 million she had raised for this election, while Dixon had $2.4 million. Yeah. Come on, that's not, that's not even, you're not even the same league right. like that. It, it, it's just so unbelievable. And then let's go to the, some of these Senate races, which is, this, these numbers are truly shocking. So uh, Warnock against Walker, Warnock had... $76 million for his campaign, while Herschel Walker had 32. So roughly that's twice the amount of money. Yep. Oh, it gets worse for Republicans. 
Um, Bullock, who lost to Hassan in uh, New Hampshire, Hassan had 36 million to Bullock's 2 million. Wow. Hello. And then they wonder why he lost. Sure. Gee, maybe a few more millions might, might have helped, you would think. And then out there in uh, the great state of Nevada, you had uh, Adam Lexalt, who has 12 million against the incumbent Cortez Mastro. She has 47 million. Wow. We're talking about these races in dollars aren't even close to what they should be with respect to an election. It is just unbelievable. And there were also big numbers in Arizona with sure. Kelly having far more money, far more money than uh, Masters. So again, it, it's very difficult, one, to beat an incumbent, but then you tie both their hands behind their back with no money. Sure. Just incredible. But money is important. Republicans have to do a much better job in fundraising for their candidates. No, you're absolutely right. And that, and that, is, that is crucial. And that is, that is the key. And turnout. We need that turnout. So, Dr. Tom, what can folks do? Well, first, we need to get Walker elected in the runoff right? Herschel Walker, and hopefully get the Senate, hello, the Senate in Republican hands. So uh, we'll see how that plays out because they're still counting the votes. But anyway. Yes, because there's two right now, two outstanding races yeah. in, in Nevada and in uh, Arizona. Arizona. If Republicans yeah. are able to pick up Nevada, which they might, uh, Arizona is still a question mark. Then it comes down to the race in Georgia. Georgia. to determine who's going to uh, run the Senate. If yep. Walker loses, it goes back to 50-50. Walker wins, it goes to 51, assuming uh, th there's a loss in Arizona, which is not finished, by the way. Sure, so. sure. Everything, we're watching everything closely. Unbelievable. Well, we need to learn from this midterm, for sure. Uh, Democrats play to win, and we need to do the same. The other thing that we should do is don't dismiss their calls that Republicans are destroying democracy. Call them out on it. Uh, please challenge them. Call them out on it. And recruit more Republicans into the party. And find good candidates. We need really good candidates. It's, and also find ways to raise money, organize, and work hard, Dr. Tom. No, you're absolutely right. We have a better, the Democrats have a great get out the vote machine. They got that thing down. They have great online fundraising. They have that down. We really need to catch up uh, in, in those aspects. And the other thing that is just amazing with the Democrats, the way they just flat out lie. They just flat out lie. Deneen and I experienced this locally here in Connecticut. We were at a Republican debate where the Democrat I'm not sure which one, whether she's running for the assembly or for the state Senate, but she said in an audience that the Connecticut economy was doing very well. And in fact, it was growing. Right. What? That like a week before there was a report with the GDP growth in each state, Connecticut was second to last. Yep. I think it was minus 4.7. Yes. 
but she's getting away with that lie. And then in that same debate, our state uh, Senate representative in the government, he flat out said that he would not, he would not vote to change the abortion laws in Connecticut. He said that. Then he and I, a week later, we get a mailer with his face, with that kind of grayish, ugly, evil kind of imagery, saying he was going to vote to reverse uh, the uh, abortion law here in Connecticut. Right. That's a mailer with a direct lie. Yeah. I mean, this is what they do. They will lie, they will cheat, they will steal. So we have to get much better and being more aggressive, obviously, we're not going to lie because we put our credibility before power and our own honesty before power. They do not. But they need to be watched, tracked, and challenged. Because I, when I saw that mailer saying our, our state uh, senator, uh, Ryan, was uh, going to be voting for to ban uh, abortions here in Connecticut, I said, that's not what the man said. Right. Well, we happened to be in the room and we heard him and we know what he was saying on the campaign trail. But if you were not in the room, uh, depending on where you get your news from, and that's another thing that people uh, understand your news sources, how factual they are, uh, because unfortunately, there's a lot of there's just way too much propaganda out there. So you got to do your own research as well. Put that on the list too. what people can do. Do your own research. Right. And listen to this podcast. Great example. <laughs> yeah. Listen, listen to this podcast because we give you, as Deneen says, the truth in black and white. Look, our agenda is the truth. Our agenda is advancing America. We're not running for elective office. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Nope. So that's not our role. Our role is to try to convey all our years of experience and education and make it easier for you to understand what's going on so you can make the appropriate decisions. And connect those dots. (laughs) All right, Dr. Tom. Well, folks, thanks for checking out Reigniting Liberty. And remember, everyone has a role to play. What are you doing for liberty? Until next time. This has been Reigniting Liberty with Tom and Deneen Borelli, the truth in black and white. For exclusive video footage of these interviews, be sure to follow Deneen Borelli on CloudHub at Deneen Borelli. And also make sure to visit DeneenBorelli.com. Follow Tom Borelli on Twitter at Tom Borelli. And follow Deneen at Deneen Borelli. Subscribe wherever you listen and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Reigniting Liberty, the truth in black and white.